Hello, I'm Hayden Rogers, and this is an appendices episode to episode 9, Kill My Schools of Magic, about the ways that tabletop role-playing game Dungeons & Dragons can assist writers. Is it time that you started playing D&D to help your writing? I've mentioned its usefulness for writing in previous episodes, but let's break down exactly why. Dungeons & Dragons, commonly referred to as D&D, is a tabletop role-playing game which was first published in 1974. For those who don't know, this game is a hybrid between a complex strategy board game, an open-world video game, and dramatic improvisation. A dungeon master builds a world and flexible story for players who build detailed characters to roam and quest. Players and dungeon masters are given highly detailed technical rules which govern almost any aspect of the world that you can think of, and often involve the rolling of dice to determine outcomes by chance. Players are then required to improvise life in this world, playing their character and interacting with each other and the quests placed before them. In many ways, a writer takes on all of these roles. They build a world and orchestrate a story, but they also ideally embody each character, personalising them and fleshing them out as real people. Since writing and Dungeons & Dragons have so much in common, it stands to reason the guides given to players can assist writers. At the surface level, the Dungeon Master's Guide and other source books for the game of which there are many, are a font of fantastical creatures, places, objects, weapons, and just stuff. Much of it is also based on various real-world mythologies, stories, and lore as well. You could find endless inspiration for things with which to populate your world. But the real treasure is in the detail. Take creatures, for example. They aren't just simply lists of images and names, each creature has stats, that is, scores for how strong or smart they are and how hard they are to land a hit on or kill, which scale their difficulty to overcome. Consider how each of these things would affect an encounter in your story with that creature. Could you apply the idea of stats to creatures you've invented as well, for your own reference, to flesh them out? It also lists abilities or features unique to each creature, Every creature that crosses your path isn't necessarily something to conquer. They could present other challenges or be allies. The same details can be found for anything else and provide similar springboards. The idea of stats directly feeds into character creation too. As a simple balancing tool, there is a finite amount of points that you can spread out across the statistics of strength, dexterity, constitution as in your hardiness, intelligence, wisdom, and charisma. This means that you cannot be good at everything, some things you're good at and other things you're bad at. While this isn't always mirrored in reality, it is a great lesson to take away from the game. When we focus on one area of our lives, we often neglect or don't prioritise others. For instance, a formidable scholar is rarely lauded for their athletic abilities, and likewise, a champion bodybuilder is stereotypically not known for their words of wisdom. However, the game also allows you to break stereotypes. You can create a wise bodybuilder and an acrobatic scholar. They just then suffer in other areas, 
You needn't rigidly follow rules like this when constructing your characters, but rather keep in mind the idea of balance. Although we often see heroes in movies who are wise, smart, strong, fast, and hard to kill, this is not very realistic. It is also far more interesting to see people cope and adapt to their own abilities rather than just be good at everything. Of course, the other most important takeaway from D&D character building isn't in their flashy abilities and magic spells, though these can be inspiring, but rather from their description sections. When you make a character, you're asked to consider their background up until now. Were they a hermit? A priest? A thief? What's their race? Moral alignment? Faith and social standing? What interesting quirks do they have? The ideals they stand for? And the thing they want to achieve in their life? And their flaws? Even consider their enemies, allies, organisations and general backstory. The aim of this section is to create a fully realised character, to fully understand what motivates and drives and informs how that character acts. Good characters are essential to any story, and what answering all these questions does is give you a clear sense of what is behind each of your characters. If you can answer all these questions, you will understand your characters better, and particularly understand how they would respond to certain events or people in your plot. Imitating a complex world and anticipating anything is the goal behind all of these detailed rules and guides in Dungeons & Dragons. Beginner players always feel overwhelmed by the steep learning curve. However, getting on top of these rules is what allows gameplay to move smoothly and adapt to the creative will of the players. When we world build for stories, we do the same thing. We just make the rules ourselves. However, Dungeons & Dragons provides a great blueprint to work off. It has already devised many complex systems that are purposefully broad. For instance, they have a set of schools of magic which cover every kind of spell in broad brushstrokes. There's a category for everything, and rightly so because everything in the real world gets categorised too. D&D has systems for currency, governments, cosmology, as we've covered in another episode, and just about anything else. In many of those cases, there's also not just one model to choose from, but many that you can try out and see what suits your world. In many ways, D&D is like a build-your-own-Sunday bar. There's lots of options. One of the big concepts in D&D is flavour. That is, the idea that you reskin or colour an idea so that it feels unique and part of your larger world. The basic rules are purposefully quite generic, and it's up to the dungeon master to add the magical spice of creativity, though there are definitely source books for different world builds too which you could draw on. This is really important as writers, and certainly as writers who might draw inspiration from this game. It's similar to previous episodes where I've discussed the idea of Tolkienism and that many people transplant much of his lore into their own worlds. In my latest episode, I discuss my own schools of magic. These don't connect directly to D&D schools, but I did use the D&D schools to check my coverage of possible spells you could cast. 
So what can we learn from Dungeons & Dragons? 1. Understand character. Every part of the character builder in D&D could help you realise a fully formed character. Think of how the stats let you follow or break stereotypes and point you towards a balance of flaws and strengths. At the very least, it will help you better understand and clarify their inner workings and present realistic reactions and situations. Maybe it'd be worth creating your story characters as game characters. 2. There's no shame in adaptation. There is a famous saying, said in many ways, I guess you could say flavoured, but the sentiment is the same. There are no new ideas. Flavouring ideas is the tool we use to create a sense of originality. It's also the tool we use to create cohesion, that is, the idea everything is in the same world and makes sense there. 3. Rules can create freedom. There is so much richness and depth to be uncovered in Dungeons & Dragons. The hybrid of incredibly detailed rules and improvised play provides a platform for open, free-form creation. Perhaps adopting this sensibility into your writing will change the way you approach it for the better. Is it time you started playing D&D? Thanks for listening. For comments and corrections, you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, Tumblr, and Twitter. Just search for Kill My Darlings Podcast. You can comment on this episode blog, as with all episode blogs, at Hayden Rogers, that's R-O-D-G-E-R-S dot net slash killmydarlings. Or you can email in at killmydarlingspodcast at gmail.com. Of course, there are links for all these things in the description. If you enjoy my podcast and want to show your support, please consider becoming a patron of Kill My Darlings on patreon.com slash killmydarlingspodcast. That's all for now. I'm Hayden Rogers, and I look forward to killing some darlings with you soon. Bye!